Absolutely, yes. So I am co-owner of Murphy's Farm Market with my brother Calder. Uh, so the two of us kind of have uh, tag team this business um, from, oh goodness, 2010, I guess. So we are fifth generation farmers. Um, so we were raised um, at the farm where our farm market is now. Um, and our sixth generation, there's 11 uh, Murphy grandchildren. So they are running pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so together, um, Calder looks after all the farming and the outside stuff. I kind of take care of the bakery and the inside stuff, um, in our partnership and, uh, we have an incredible team there. So I am the oldest of the five, uh, Murphy children. So definitely obviously being raised on the farm. I have that, um, background, uh, the way that we grew up. Certainly, um, I went to the university of Guelph for landscape architecture, um, seemingly, uh, nothing, I guess, to do with what <laughs> No. What I'm doing at the moment, but I'm a, definitely a firm believer in education, and I use um, those skill sets, presentation skills, design, uh, all that type of stuff all the time. So, um, so I greatly um, I'm appreciative of our my education. Um, I have my husband. We live literally probably a hundred feet from the front door of the Gibson Center, so right. Um, right here in town. Uh, I have four small children, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, it's a busy time of year, busy family stuff, but I am super grateful that we get to work together, especially during this kind of uncertain time. Wonderful. Um, you know, this this podcast is about promoting new tech and, and looking into a little bit of your generational family history and planting here in Alliston. Mm-hmm. The Murphys are definitely part of the fabric that's woven into this community. Um, uh, tell us a bit about the first immigrants that came in on, on you know, on, on that family tree that, that plotted themselves here in Alliston. A little bit about that story. Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, we were fifth generation yeah. um, and uh, the far, uh, farm 
uh, house that is on Simcoe Road 10 that was built in 1913. Um, so they are were very Irish, Murphys, probably <laughs> fairly obvious, but um, they came in late 1800s um, and they settled over closer to Angela. Um, and then they purchased um, the farm that we live at today. Um, just, uh, I think it was around 20, well, it was in 1913. Um, and then they built the house that we're in in 1916. So they um, definitely have evolved. They've always been potato farming. Um, they came from Ireland, um, definitely post uh, potato famine as well, and kind of carried that on. on. My mom's side of the family, they also were potato farmers. So wow. we get a little bit on both sides. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so we, my dad grew up there, my grandpa, my great grandpa in the, in the house that we all grew up in as well and uh, are still growing potatoes. So uh, definitely one of those uh, stories and legacies. I know my grandpa um, was a big historian and really big into um, sharing those stories. And so I uh, got to see, you know, collected all the photos, made the family trees. I see them all on, on Facebook, your mm -hmm. postings from time to time. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it's, uh, it's something that I always connected to because it's my family, of course. Mm -hmm. But um, whenever we uh, started with the market, one of the pieces that I really wanted to share as part of our story and, and you know, as our brand is the nostalgia is that generational element. Yeah. So on all of our packaging we have black and white photos of family, yeah. um, you know, different ones in all of our boxes. And I did it because it's something that resonated with me personally that mm -hmm. expressed our family story. But mm -hmm. I think what has surprised me most is that how much other people connect to the story, even if it's not their family, not their dad in the photo, not their grandpa. Um, you know, they connect to it. It is something that's very um, tangible, that piece of nostalgia, that yeah. piece of history and and so people look forward to the boxes because they're all different photos and, and which ones they get. And so it's nice. It's just nice to see that received, I guess. Very, very homegrown. Mm -hmm. Very homegrown feeling. Um, you know, this community rocks. I, I've said it from day one. I, I, you know, I came in with my family 10 years ago and I never looked back. It's just kept me here. Um, you know, you going for your education, University of Guelph, landscaping of all things, you know, in, in, in the family business now. Um, tell us a bit about, I mean, I want our listeners to know how much this community rocks, right? And, and, and we stay here and we culture here and we fabricate here. And, you know, what attracted you to keeping that tradition going and staying in this community. I mean, I can see it all around us, the hospital, the services, the people. Absolutely. What, what, was, what was your stay here, uh, with the exception of, obviously, the roots of your family? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so when I did graduate from university, um, I went to uh, England, actually, and I was a nanny for a year there. Whoa! Really? I did. I was a nanny, Beautiful. a nanny for the lady who was actually one of our nannies whenever we were little. Um, so that was a wonderful uh, connection story. and story. But honestly, I really felt that was when I was there um, that I really came, became clear on wanting to return home to Alliston. Um, I, I don't feel like I was ever one of those people who had to get out of Dodge or wanted to yeah. leave. Um, I never... I had the absolute instinct to travel. Um, mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to do an exchange in university. I was able to be a nanny. So I absolutely want to travel and see, but that feeling for me of um, hometown was something that was always very strong. And I just never felt the pull to, you know, have to leave or to mm -hmm. go anywhere. Um, and obviously the family farm and things are there, but it was while I was away that I was like, 
I want to really pursue this. And I think that uh, because the farm market as it stands was there since, um, you know, the early 80s, since before we were born. And um, we were able to grow up with it. And then my mom and dad focused a little bit more on potatoes. Yes. A little bit less on the farm market. And so there was opportunity there to really take that building and make it into something. Mm -hmm. And um, my brother Calder had did a little bit of post-secondary, found it wasn't quite for him, um, and also decided he wanted to return to farming as well. So that happened coincidentally at the same time. And uh, we just said, I think we can, you know, make a go at this. That's beautiful. Um, You know, it's a difficult time right now. Absolutely. Um, A lot of anxieties, a lot of questions but I you know I know we're going to get through this and and uh, a lot of the podcasts have been some of the stories of some of the struggles of some of our local businesses mm-hmm. um, even to nonprofits Absolutely. you know that are struggling for charity dollars to keep on operating but I, I've always found that this community has always found a way right yeah. found a way of giving and and everything um, your pivot, with your with your business when it hits you, I mean, is incredible. I, I I looked at your website, the reports, the the accolades about your pivot and how you adapted um, uh, was great for you. At the same time, maybe sad in the sense that the direction you had to take or had envisioned you were going to take mm-hmm. had to change. But we have to survive and we have to evolve. I think that's the nature of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us a little bit about? Here you are, your journey, Murphy's Farms, your vision, and like everyone, March came along and changed everything for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Um, besides the shock, the pivot that immediately happened, mm-hmm. what gathered all your, your assembly of, of moving forward into what Murphy's Farms is today? Mm-hmm. I think... Um... I think it, I know that it is our team. I know it is um, the group of people that we have the wonderful opportunity to work with every day. Um, I remember we were just talking about yesterday. I just remember the school shutting down and you know all of these subsequent things happening. And so I I don't want to ever um, I guess pretend that we didn't that we were like yes immediately super positive and you know pivoted immediately because we were afraid, uh, like everyone. Um, And I remember we had a team meeting uh, and it was very, oh, it just, it it was Mm -hmm. sad and scary. And we were kind of like, okay, like, is this it for now? Are we gonna kind of hunker down? And so we had this meeting and probably about half hour after the meeting, my brother and I were talking and we're like, okay, but I don't, I think we can, I think we can change. We like absorbed it, we felt sad, We had a meeting and then I remember calling our bakery manager and being like, okay, like I think we can actually change how we were feeling from there and actually move forward. And we talked about it. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you know, we let ourselves kind of just absorb, I guess, what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but from there, it was once we um, made that choice or decision that we were going to go forward in some capacity uh, and just feel our way along, um, I think that was the real. Um, the real essence, I guess, of what we did is we talked to each other, said, okay, we're going to give it a go. And we had so many adaptable staff. So um, we had people on our admin team. We had our retail mm-hmm. managers that were stepping into the bakery um, to um, make dry mixes for bread. And people wanted to bake at home and people yeah. wanted to do that. And so people 
our amazing team decided that, you know, the roles were eliminated and that our only job was to move forward together and everyone was willing to jump in, whatever that looked like. Um, different departments, figuring out how to operate an online store, how to figure out porch pickups, how to, you know, do all of these things. And they all showed up in a way um, that we are just forever grateful for. Yeah, wonderful. And, and how do you see Murphy's Farm uh, evolving into a post-COVID world if we get back into 100% of what we used to be pre-COVID? Yeah, that's a good question. I keep thinking about the the post-COVID and the new normal, um, and I think of things like 9-11, where there's things that are just socially accepted now that you go to the airport three Very hours true. ahead of time. Very true. That was unheard of before, and you're like, there's just going to be some elements that are going to stay yeah. uh, and become part of the nature of you know the world we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am excited for 2021. I think that um, we... Um, really got to connect with our customers, I think, in a way that we never have before on a more intimate mm-hmm. level, on a more honest level. Uh, and I think that is really what will carry us through um, supporting, um, you know, within the community and other businesses that maybe couldn't have been open at that time. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, because of the nature of what we were doing. And as farmers, I remember, um, again, just kind of one day feeling a little defeated and uh, I said to my brother that, and he was like, "If there's doesn't matter if there's a pandemic, you know the crops are going to grow. The crops are unaware of what's happening in the world. You know, asparagus, yes. asparagus <laughs> being, uh, you know, a biennial crop, it just continues to grow. And so he's like, it's gonna come up, and we're gonna harvest it because that's what we do. And I was like, you're right. It, they're they, they're gonna grow regardless. So we have to be the. They ones. don't have any feelings. No, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And and we're going to be the ones that are there to harvest that food to, you know, find new ways to feed our community. Um, We did ran porch pickups all um, uh, March and April, I guess. Your drive through Um, was incredible. The drive through. um, So, you know, it's just you think sometimes like, oh, God, a drive through and you get I know I get stuck in my head a lot about the logistics and how to execute. But it was like we took out a fence post and then opened a window <laughs> and then people could drive through. <laughs> so on paper, it was very straightforward yeah, yeah, and yeah. very easy. Um, but it required again, that team of people that were like, I think we can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, small things you don't even think about like inventory management, um, just all these different types yeah. of things. And even it was fascinating from like a psychological perspective for, um, shopping analysis of our customers or just observe, you know, uh, observations because when they're coming through the drive-thru, you know, our butter tart sales went through the roof because I'm like, are you in the car? And you're like, I'm in a car. What I want to treat? Like I'm at a, you know, <laughs> and so it was just like those comfort elements yeah. of, of food were something that really took off for us, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, being able to serve customers in a different way and just, yeah, consistently. One of, one of the things I love that I saw online, um, as it, you know, as it, as it progressed through COVID was your online cooking. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. These instructions mm-hmm. on taking your wonderful homegrown earthy foods and, and, and making them into a, a wonderful recipe and direction on that. Uh, I thought that was just amazing. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, Thank you. you. It, uh, 
I do feel that education has been a theme significantly for us um, throughout this season. Um, And like I said, sharing and connecting more with customers. So the first thing that we did, um, I remember the week after everything got shut down, you feel helpless, like everyone did. And it's like, okay, what do we want to do? And of course, you know, you look back now, there was a very big bread trend. People were making bread, but people wanted to do something. They wanted to eat something. They weren't leaving their house. Uh, and I remember asking my brother, talking to him, I'm like, I'm going to give away our bread recipe that we make in the market because I want to share it. And, and he was like, absolutely. He's like, go, like, you know, tell the people. My sister-in-law did an amazing tutorial, uh, you know, on Instagram. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. It's just like, we can't, you know, be together. We can't be present. We can't be open, um, but we can share knowledge. Yeah. And my brother started a series with my sister-in-law. Um, on information and how to grow, how to build your own um, vegetable plots and gardens and tips and just all these things where people, you know, in retrospect, really went back to roots. You know, the yeah. my brother pulled up the Google results for how to grow your own food. He had for the statistics. It was just like through Cute. the roof. I can imagine. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And so it's like, you know, whether they were wanting to shop local and at a local farm, that's incredible. Whether they were wanting to grow some... Um, produce and things at home themselves. It's like, how can we be a a resource for this community? How can we support each other? So I know a lot of people resonated with those, you know, farm videos. And sometimes I think with farming, obviously at a scale that we do, I go, oh, you know, maybe they don't want to know about growing acres of, you know, raspberries, but fascinated about how we prune them, you know, little tips and things like that, how we make bread, how we do that. And in terms of the classes, it kind of evolved into that um, more all through the summer and up right up into a Christmas, you know, dinner course as yeah, well. Yeah, so. absolutely. That's, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, this, this, this community as well, and, and, and speaking about nonprofits and some of these organizations mm-hmm. that really depend on funding, uh, not only to meet goals and continue to operate, but also for visions that they have. One, for example, the Stevenson Foundation, the hospital uh, I've had out of the cold on class. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible, incredible organizations. Mm-hmm. And this community, its residents, and the business side of it, during COVID, during COVID, have stepped up to the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, Stevenson Farms, um, Stephen and Suzanne, you know, all these struggles that businesses are going on with, yeah. finding a way to still give back and keep the resources going. I know Murphy's is big on that. Um, maybe share with our listeners mm-hmm. how important that is in keeping our community together and these wonderful services that plant house here mm-hmm. and how we need to consider, think of them, keep them in our mindset. Mm-hmm. And even if it's a little bit, yeah. Even if it's a little bit, find the room to give. Yeah. Please. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think that is absolutely critical. It's one of the things, um, you know, that we work at. Obviously, being a member of the community, we are able to participate um, in a number of different organizations, whether it's through silent auctions, donating, um, you know, whether it's our courses or product or pies or things like that is really important. Um, our uh, main fundraiser that we collect for uh, all year is a Shop with the Cop event with the local OPP detachment. Oh, and that know. is taking place tomorrow, actually. Oh, really? Tell it us is. a bit about that, please. Yeah. Yes. So um, the OPP approached uh, Murphy's, uh, I think, four years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, 
asked if they would consider partnering with this Shop with a Cop program where they pair local, I believe it's grade five or grade six students um, with an officer. Um, and we go uh, to our local Walmart and they get a gift card there. So we fundraise. We have amazing local businesses that have wow. supported that initiative. Um, so it was twofold. It was serving um, some families in need that needed mm. some holiday spirit, some uplifting, yeah. Yeah. Um, but also putting um, the police officers, um, building relationships in the community with them, with mm. children. Um, and so it has been a phenomenal um program and this year obviously restraint there are restraints normally we do Mm -hmm. a little bit of a gift wrapping and holiday party kind of to go along with that which we aren't able to do this year Um, but I was really delighted that they were wanted to pursue it still even with COVID so we're going to have some restrictions of course um, but to still be able to do that so I believe we have 24 um, families that we get to support wonderful Wonderful. through this initiative which is really great Um, things like the Lion Hamper uh, the Lions Club Hamper program all that type of stuff um, certainly um, is you know absolutely something that and that's going on tomorrow it is tomorrow yeah, yeah. okay mm-hmm. so we're taping now it's Friday this will be released tomorrow so when you see it it's actually today it is today. right and where is that at Walmart it is at the Walmart yes okay yeah so right. we are yeah have it all set up and coordinated with the local detachment and uh, we get to go and support that which is uh, which is really special wonderful wonderful Coming to the end of the show, you know what, I'm, you know, I, this is show number 32, 32, 32 for me, and you know, now that I got to know you just a bit better, thank you for your time, mm-hmm. this community has some amazing women entrepreneurs, like, <laughs> look out guys, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, maybe next mayor, uh, it, it, it's really, really awesome, uh, you know, it's just some fantastic entrepreneurship and, 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 and guts and, and resolve. And I've seen that from our woman bus- our business woman in this community, just amazing. And Hollis, to me, you're another one on the top. Uh, really great. Any words for our listeners? Any words oh. out there? I mean, there's so many special things to say and whatever. It is. Murphy's Farms, you get the last call here. Um, I just want to wish everyone, I guess, a wonderful holiday. Um, and obviously recognizing that it's going to look different. But I think what our focus has been is that there's still magic out there. There is Christmas magic that is available in small quantities, in small groups. And um, I know myself, I'm just really looking forward to taking the opportunity to really tune out and shut down and and really embrace those very small gatherings and um but that it's still going to feel great Mm -hmm. and that you can do those little things and small traditions that might not seem like a big deal um but really make you know your children your family you know really bring together and there's so much good spirit so much goodwill in this community and i'm just so grateful to live where we live hollis beautiful last words don't go to murphy's farms hungry It's not a good plan. It's not a good plan. Okay, we'll see you on the next show. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Happy holidays. Thank you so much, Hollis, for being on the show. It was wonderful. Over and out. See you on the next show. Thank you very much. Hey. Was that good? That was fabulous. Hey, awesome. Great, great, great. Thank you so much.